Hello again, my name is David Svi Kalman, and you're listening to the Sermon Slam podcast. Sermon Slam is a poetry slam, but it's for sermons, for stories, for poems, for plays, for anything else that doesn't take too long to tell. Each Sermon Slam event focuses on a Jewish theme, and some of each night's performances are posted online. This was the second Sermon Slam event and our first international one, recorded in Jerusalem at the Off the Wall Comedy Basement on December 22nd, 2013. In this episode, we'll play you four performances from the event. The theme for the evening was Exodus and Redemption, since it's around this time of year that Jews read the parts of the Torah about the Israelites' exodus from Egypt. Arya Bernstein was our Jerusalem coordinator and MC, and he put together quite a show. Between performances, you'll hear some music he chose for the event, all based on the theme of Exodus and Redemption. First up, a piece from an incredibly talented comedian, Israel Campbell. Israel's play Circumcise Me ran for more than a year and received critical acclaim from Stephen Colbert and The Economist. Here's Israel. Baal Shem Tov saw misfortune threatening the Jews. He would go to a certain part of the forest and meditate. There he would say a certain prayer and light a fire, and the miracle would be accomplished, the danger averted. In the next generation, the Megid of Mezrich would go to the same place in the forest and he would say, Rabbono Shalom, I, I don't know how to light the fire but I can still say the prayer. And it was enough. And still later, Rabbi Moshe Leib of Sasov would go to the forest and he would say, I don't know how to light the fire and I don't know how to say the prayer, but I know the place and that must be sufficient. And it was. And still later, generations later, when it fell to Rabbi Yisrael of Rizin, Sitting in his armchair, his head in his hands, he would say, Master of the universe, I don't know where the place is in the forest, and I don't know how to say the prayer, and I don't know how to light the fire. All I can do is tell the story. And it was enough. Because God made man, because God loves stories. I think we saw that here tonight. We heard stories. We heard people talk about themselves and their souls, and they showed us who they were. And that is the place for me where God lives. In the Seder, we're told to Kiilu, it's as if we came out of Egypt. And I don't know Egypt. I've never been to Egypt. I was married to an Egyptian, but that's a different story. I don't know what Egypt is, but I know what narrowness is and I know what slavery is. I know what it is to be enslaved. I know what it is to have to take a drink, to have to take a drug, because I can't be me for another instant. I know what it is to have to pick up the phone and call someone when my soul is screaming for that something that I won't get, that I know I won't get, but I once got. I know what it is to want to have your watch. I know what it is 
to want to sit at your table. I know what it is to have that clutching, that uh, holding, that, that slavery. I know that. And I want to say that for a people that talk about slavery so much, for a people that talk about sinning so much, it's almost as if when you sit around and you listen to how many of us went to Harvard and how many of us went to Penn, that we've never sinned at all. That we've never been enslaved to anything in our lives, not for a day, not for an instant. 36 times it says in the Torah to welcome the stranger. We suck at that. 36 times. Three times it says not to mix milk and meat. Three times. We know from that we don't own milk and meat. We don't benefit from milk and meat. We don't eat milk and meat. And we don't cook milk and meat. We know from that that we don't cut an onion with a knife. That is Fleischick. And put it on the cheese. Of course we know that from that. Because we have books and books and books about not mixing milk and meat. 36 times. And we look at that and we say, welcome the stranger. What could God have meant? I got nothing. It's Kabbalah. I believe that we have a responsibility to talk about our enslavement. Wherever we experience it, however we experience it, in a real way. Not just in Midrash. About real slavery. At real times, in real lives. But we are also commanded, because we are a nation of priests and priestesses, we are descendants of kings and queens, we are also commanded to talk about redemption. Commanded to say, we were slaves, I was a slave, and yet I'm not today. Or maybe I was today, but I'm not right now. Or maybe I am right now, but if you stay with me for another instant, maybe I won't be in a moment. The Ishbitzer said, Redemption comes. Do you know how quickly redemption comes? Redemption comes as quickly as the moment that Yehuda went from standing before a god, standing before Paro, to standing before his brother. That fast. That's how fast redemption comes. It was already there. He was already standing before his brother, and he didn't know it. And then in an instant, he knew it, and he was redeemed. Yisrael Campbell, everybody. That was Yisrael Campbell. These days you can find his work on YouTube by searching for Times of Yisrael. And by the way, you can find us on YouTube as well. 
Videos for this and other performances from the evening are on YouTube and on our website, sermonslam.openquorum.org. Next up, we have Doriel Parker. Doriel talked about Exodus from a contemporary kind of slavery. Impressively, she also got the audience to sing along with her. Here's Doriel. Okay. Um, hi. <laughs> Um, okay. So, they told me that God parted the sea. In fact, they told me exactly what to believe. But they told me with my own eyes I cannot see the miracles that God performs for me. But they know not the power of my sight and a vision I had like a blinding light. When God lifted me up out of constriction, delivered my soul out of affliction, kissed my heart and showed me the way, they know not the slavery of my day. Because there ain't no Egypt and there ain't no Pharaoh. It takes place in the masks we wear to put on some show. Breaking our backs to fit into clothes, the sweat of our plucked eyebrows, the dirt under our pedicured toes, the narrowed straits of our bank accounts as the money goes and the debt amounts. They know not the slavery of consumerism, the overstimulation that causes brain aneurysms, the credit card that serves as a prism, separating the creation from its source, causing illusions of desire and divorce, cutting us off from the beauty within, causing us hatred, forcing us to sin. They know not the dangers of plastic, sitting in our cars singing, Mr. Bombastic. Well, let's all get shaggy like shaggy and throw our money away, because that's better than admitting there might be a better way. Talking about shopping bags, they hang on her arms. But she doesn't realize it causes her so much harm, harm to the body and to the mind. What she looks for in clothes, she's never going to find. But as for me, if I ruled the world, if I ruled the world, We'd all know what it means to be free. And if I ruled the world, we'd all be singing the song at the sea. We'd all be redeemed, released from our vanity chains, given back the power of our own brains to think, to feel, to meditate on the shefa of self-love and the falsity of self-hate. We would all know the magic that God creates as our enemies drown and our masks dissipate. We'd feel the joy, we'd meet the king, we'd wade in the water and we'd start to sing. Wade in the water. Wade in the water, children, wade in the water. Oh, God's gonna trouble these waters, gonna drown the darkness, gonna bring forth the light, gonna hear our cries, it's gonna be out of sight. We're gonna be redeemed just like our ancestors were because Yitzhak Mitzrayim, it ain't just a metaphor. It's the reality of life when you start to see how much better existence can really be when you let God in and you can really feel all the miracles we receive every day just because we're breathing, just because we're made that way. So before you feel like you're about to sink, before you go buy another shirt from Gap Inc., before you let them tell you what to think, remember that God takes us out of affliction, out of illusion, and out of constriction so that God can really be our true God without clipot, without the facade. You see, they know not that the exodus... It happens all the time. All you have to do is free your mind. Doriel Parker. That's what I'm talking about. Everybody, no more sleeping in bed. No more backward thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. 
That was Doriel Parker. Hey, do you work in a high school or a summer camp or for a Jewish organization on a college campus? If you do, we want to bring Sermon Slam to you. Email us at sermonslam at gmail.com or go to our website, sermonslam.openquorum.org. Our next performance comes to you from Bonna Devora Haberman. Bonna's performance really blew us away, not just because of what she said, but because of who she is. Let's listen to Arya Berenstain introduce her. All right, our next performer. I, I'm going to try to keep to the five-minute limit just for the introduction of the next performer. That's how, how much stuff there would be to say. We're talking an activist, an author, a scholar, theater director. I mean, you name it. This is just something that like is all in a day's work. Um, first of all, one of the founders of Women on the Wall. Second of all, the co-director of the Israeli-Palestinian Y Theater Project. Perhaps some of you saw uh, her show at the Khan Theater last year. Takeaway, thank you. Um, teaches at the Hebrew University and author of two recent books, one of which was a finalist for the National Jewish Book Award. Um, check out Israeli Feminism, Liberating Judaism, or Rereading Israel, The Spirit of the Matter. But none of that matter for right now. We got five minutes of wisdom and art and culture. Please give a lot of love for Bana Haberman. So if we're going to get out of slavery, we have to figure out how we got into slavery. And we all know that there's more slavery now in the world than there ever was in the history of the world. So I want to peel back a few of the layers and figure out how did it all begin. So the first time that it's mentioned that we're going to go into slavery, it's when Avraham is in a very weird place between the pieces. There's blood of flesh torn apart and vultures swooping in to devour it. And in the middle of that bizarre and bloody place, God says, your children will be slaves in Egypt for 400 years. What's that all about? Why is that coming up now? Well, it just turns out that a few verses before, he had a very unpleasant interaction with Paro. It was an earlier Paro. But there'd been a famine in the land of Canaan, and he needed to go and get some food together with Sarah. So they went to Egypt. But on the way, Avram took a look at Sarah and said, you know what? You're just too beautiful to be my spouse. So just do me a little favor and say, you're my sister. And so when everyone saw Sarah in Egypt land, they said, she's so beautiful, I want her. And so when they came to take Sarah away, Avraham didn't resist. In fact, you know what he said? He said, so that I will benefit on your account. So Sarah was taken, and she became a slave to Paro in his harem. And she cried out to God. And it says in the Midrash, she said, Now I've been separated from my father, my mother, and my spouse, and this evil man will approach me and abuse me. Act for the sake of your great name and because of my trust in your word. The Tanchuma says that she prayed to God 
just like the Israelites in Mitzrayim. And God said, I'll come and protect you and take you out of the house of bondage of Paro's court. And an angel descended with a staff from heaven at that moment. And whenever Paro approached Sarah to have sex with her, the angel struck him on the hand. And when he approached to touch her clothing, the angel struck him again. And he received the plague in his own court, just like the descendants of Paro later would when we were slaves in Egypt. And on account of that, Paro learned that there was something wrong with taking someone else's spouse into his harem. And he went to Avraham and he said, Did you lie to me about this woman? She's your spouse. If you told me that, then I wouldn't have made all these assumptions. So you take her back. And not only that, but I'm going to give you sheep and oxen, donkeys, servants and maids, asses and camels. Le manitavli bavurech. Did Avram pimp Sarah? Did he give her over for riches and possessions? It's only a few verses later when he's facing the possibility of getting gifts after he wins as a general. And he says, I won't tolerate it, that people will say that you made me rich. I won't even accept a lace from your shoe. He was so proud, he wouldn't take anything. But in exchange for Sarah, he took everything. So what's going on? Well, the Ramban says, and he teaches something very important. He says, And it's on account of that, that it's revealed between those pieces of torn flesh that we would be slaves in Egypt. And the Ramban says, because he brought us into servitude. And you know what the feminist movement said in the 1970s? We said the personal is political. We said it begins at home. We said it begins in the relationships between men and women. Slavery begins at home. It begins when people are willing to sell their daughters and their sisters and their mothers and their spouses. And they're doing it today. And they did it yesterday. And it's up to us to make sure that we don't do it tomorrow. So if slavery begins at home, the point of telling about liberation is to get free of it. So I want to invite us all to get free of it. How do we do it? Well, getting out of Egypt, it's like being inside God's womb. Because Sarah afterwards, she becomes fruitful. And the whole fruitfulness of the Jewish people begins when we're in slavery. And it's Paro himself who recognizes that we're an Am. And we're inside that womb. 
And when all those midwives collaborate together and we give birth because we believe in the possibility of liberation, we can take history in our hands. And we're sitting here in Jerusalem, which is the birth of the Jewish people in our time. So every time we give birth and all the men who missed it, all those years come inside because we came from that same womb. There isn't anyone here who wasn't birthed. So we're all part of the story of getting out. So God has those contractions and those plagues and in between we all sigh. And at the end of that birth, from between God's spread thighs, we come out onto the dry land. And it's that place where we're sitting here right now in the miracle of rebirth. So we need to take that liberation story into our bodies and our souls and into our own hands now. And it has to begin at home. So please, in all our relationships with each other, make sure that we are not selling anybody. Make ourselves and each other free to be. Vanna Devorah Haberman, everybody. That was Bonna Devora Haberman. If you want to bring Sermon Slam to your city, let us know. Go to our website, sermonslam.openquorum.org. Finally, here's the event's winning performance by artist Yonatan Kunda. A note before we begin that Yonatan's work is a seamless blend of Hebrew and English lyrics, so some lines may not make sense to all listeners, but we think you'll enjoy listening to it anyways. Here's Yonatan. All right, so nations step up, right? And then nations step down. And then they step up again. And then they step down. Yeah. And then and if you insist on reading this consistently into history, you'll always have a reasonable reason to frown. When you wake up from that dream with the ladder and the angels walking up and down to find yourself flat on your back on the bank of the Nile, of denial that's running now through our town. Because its waters and tides are turning all that white and blue Blood into brown, turning all that white and blue blood into brown. Tafshinain dale two o one three. The kalati, rayati, my bride, adain, dimitich. Kesusa, kesusati berochvei paro, because the prophecy and the prophecy and the proposal of the utopi of that Moshe ben Levi is always a debt overdue. If you don't believe me, you can open up your Tosefta Brachot Aleph Halacha Asirit. It says Hashem 
יעקב, טפל לישראל עיקר, כשם שמצרים טפלה למלכויות עיקר, cause that enslavement to Egypt is secondary only to the kingdoms to which we still are bound, without any unions or guilds, only guilt. We build and we build what we're told has to be built, still spinning the straw of our souls into gold and the diamonds of our eyes into coal in that pharaoh mine where we've seen the best minds of our generation digging still. So can you hear that whistle blowing? It must be that steamboat mighty eternity coming down the mainstream of that Nile of denial that's running through our town, turning all that white and blue blood into brown. And here we are watching that daughter of Pharaoh again dip deep in them tides, in them waters of the river of deceit, wearing nothing but a broken smile and a nightgown, talking nonsense to us about who came before who and who wore whose crown and whose clown and whose jester and other royal nouns to describe the position we're in now in the courtyard of a kingdom that we've laid the foundations by ourselves on the throne this time around. But in the reeds, Tinoch Ivri still breathes in the reeds. A baby cries always without making a sound. Because you know it's easy for any captain at any given point to stand up in front of his whole crew and realize it ain't so easy from the most pious Gushe Munim Jews to Dan Chalutz to Gush Dan to Bachar Belarus to the swamps of Kerlinai, Bachar Belarus and say, hey, uh, can I be excused? I got a date to, to dance around a golden calf or two. I want to quit. But I don't expect to walk away with any revenues. Let's call it a truth. Yeah, let's call it all you want. It's getting too late to accuse whether you're standing on Mount Sinai or on BBC News, watching them pyramids come crumbling down, there's always a fool who will stand up and blame the glue. <laughs> so here we are, and that burning bush, you got to remember, always has one last unlit fuse. And that fuse is deep down in each and every one of you and your possibility to choose to stand up barefoot and true in front of the whispering flames of your life, of your pain from this strife and put that coal of faith on your tongue so you mumble, Yakiu v'yadu bayomahu, Hashem is one, because that Nile of denial is over flooding our town. And be it in the Red Sea, to the Sea of Galilee, to the wells of Kohen Midyani, or in the depths of Pharaoh's crown, remember, drown only in the faith, in the almighty profound, because emuna bivrit zemi lemaen, lekabel et advarim kmo shehem. Faith in Hebrew is from the root of your possibility to refuse, to accept the way things are given to you, misused, because it's all just an echo of this Exodus blue. It's all just an echo of this Exodus blues. It's all just an echo of this Exodus blues. It's all just an echo of this Exodus blues.
Yonatan Quinta, everybody. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Our incredible MC for the evening was Arya Bernstein, who recently produced the album A Room Full of Ottomans. Thanks to all of our performers, and thanks as well to our host for the evening, David Kalimnik. Sermon Slam is a project of Open Quorum, dedicated to creating, curating, and distributing Jewish public media. If you like the show or want to bring it to your city, send an email to sermonslam at gmail.com or go to our website, sermonslam.openquorum.org. The next Sermon Slam will be in New York City on January 22nd. If that excites you and you want to be part of it, sign up at sermonslam.openquorum.org. My name is David Svi Kalman. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more.